All right, we are live on Facebook and YouTube. I've got my boy Rufus Chambers here. Uh, we're going to be talking about his book today. And uh, if you uh, were looking at the flyer, you'll see that uh, we're going to be talking about manhood today. So you have tuned in to Can We Have a Conversation? I'm your host today, Stuart Pirelliot, and we're going to be talking about some things that I think will be very uh, beneficial for men. Even if you're thinking, uh, you know, I didn't have a father, or, you know, I've been struggling in this manhood and I don't really know why. Uh, I think we can discuss some things today that would give you some insight on why you feel the way you feel. Uh, that boy that you have that you, you might not have had a father in your life or you might have been dealing with some rejection or, you know, even having relationship problems. Uh, this is a wonderful book uh, that Rufus has put together. I read it a few years ago, and then I started really studying on fatherhood and manhood, and he is completely on point. So I want to tell you a little bit about Rufus Chambers. He is a father. He's an author. He's a pastor. Uh, he's an engineer, works in the construction field for over 20 years. Uh, he's done many um, ministry uh, connections with different various churches in the Bay Area. Now he resides in Los Angeles. Uh, we've been friends, brothers for over 14 years, and I just want to welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, Rufus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Stuart. It is a pleasure to be here on uh, Can We Have a Conversation? Um, and let me congratulate you on all of your uh, success. You know, you, I've been watching and, and cheering you on for a number of years. So it's so exciting to see your platform grow, not only locally in the Bay Area, but I understand you, you're now across borders and international ministry, man. So thanks for having me on this afternoon. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, um, I haven't met your father, but I've seen pictures of your father and I've heard you and I've had conversations about you growing up and, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, the pictures that I see, I mean, you and your dad is starting to, the older you get, the more you yeah. look like him. <laughs> That's and, so true. Uh, I'm sure, you know, just your mom has to be proud of you and your success and the things that you're doing. And so I just want to get into this book. Uh, first of all, I want to just, uh, how, did, how did you get into writing about manhood and how did you come up with the title? Yeah, no, nah, that's a great question. Um, it's funny, you know, I was actually approached by a very close friend of mine who was an author and he wanted to he wanted us to co-author a book specifically on manhood and you know i've always been very attracted to men's ministry and have served in men's ministry as well and so initially this journey started with he and i tag team writing you know we sat down and kind of created an outline together and decided which chapters each of us were going to tackle. And, you know, about halfway through the journey, he said, hey, man, you know, I just can't really finish the project. And I asked permission, like, hey, man, you mind if I kind of, you know, take it forward? And I believe we had a different name for the book back then. But, you know, as I continued to write, 
you know, what was really on my heart at the time as I wanted to create something that was number one practical. My goal in authoring the book was that any person, uh, regardless of their age, would be able to read the book and understand the book. So that was a that was a goal from the onset. Is that a teenager, a preteen, if he sat down to read the book, he could truly understand it. And then secondly, I wanted it to be practical so that it was just an easy read. You know, I didn't want to have something that was too challenging or too cumbersome. And even a lot of the stories that I shared in the book, it was it was to, again, try and make reading light. Um, so, you know, and and at the time I authored the book in 2000, or was published in 2013, what I knew at that time in my life is that this whole manhood thing, it's a journey. It's not a destination. It's not a, a Rubik's Cube that you just solve and you have it all figured out. Um, so that's why I was talking, you know, and the title was about a road and even the artwork on the cover. It speaks to a compass and this journey that we all have to navigate. So all of those uh images were very specific because, you know, as you and I know, Stuart, you encounter men that are young men in their teenage years, and then you can even meet some older men that are, you know, drawn social security. They all are trying to reconcile their life, their emotions, their thoughts, their feelings, uh, their desires, uh, which means, hey, you know, uh, on this journey of manhood, we need help. We need strategic help. We need tactical help. We need tangible help. So that's really the heart of, of writing this book. No, it's it's a great book. And I, I'm not just saying it because I know you and you're my friend. I, you know, have really researched and, and done the work myself. And the things that I, I have read in your book coincides with a lot of the mm -hmm. stuff that I have already wow. been in research. And so uh, I just want to commend you. Uh, for those that's just uh, joining us, uh, we have uh, Rufus Chambers III. Uh, we're talking about his book, uh, I Stand, A Road to Manhood. And uh, we, we're going to dive into some of the things that he talked about. But I just wanted to you know, kind of figure out how he came to writing this book and coming up with the title. Um, in, in your book, you, you, you know that um, you wanted to... Uh, dedicate the book to your father. Mm -hmm. And you went on to talk about that your father's legacies continues in you as far as you raising, and I know you have two beautiful daughters, uh, raising your daughters and also impacting uh, other men in the ministry. And so um, you said you will forever cherish your love, your guidance and the discipline, support and teaching that your father has given you. I, I, a lot of, you know, and I'm not really knocking uh, fathers. Uh, we've talked about a lot of negative fathers, but today's mm -hmm. show is about a positive father and how this mm -hmm. positive father has impacted your life into the success that you have as a husband, as a father, as a pastor, and actually as a man of God. And so mm -hmm. uh, he, he, he seems to have done a really good job. Uh, raising you and your daughter and your sister. Uh, one of the things that I, I want to talk about is you said the time we were together on earth has left a mark on my life. 
that would never be erased. Uh, kind of talk about that. When you say he left a mark on your life that never could be erased, what were you talking about? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a great question. And, you know, Stuart, the truth of the matter, just to the listeners that are listening, some of the men, you know, regardless of how well you do your job as being a father, you're going to leave a mark on your child, you know, be it your present or be it your absent, be it your consistency or be it your inconsistency. Those touches or lack of touches, they're going to leave a, a handprint, you know, on your child. And, you know, for me, I praise God that my father, you know, his handprint was upon me, you know, for uh, 17 years. And in those 17 years, I can say that he was very intentional in, in influencing my life. And it's a trip how you know, when you have people in your life today, you can call them up, you kind of take some things for granted. And when he passed away in, in 1994, part of my maturation as a man was always trying to recount and recollect the time that I did have with him. That's why the old cliche talks about absence makes the heart grow fonder. And there's so much truth in that statement for me. So, you know, when I talk about that lasting impression, I, I really, and in the book, I, I talk about it, you know, where that mental image of me watching my father's life, almost like a, like a movie, when I was a kid, those images were seared into my conscience. You know, the, how he got up every day and went to work, how he brought his check home, how he put a suit on to go to work how he made sacrifices for us as his children, how he made sacrifices for his wife, how he did little things, you know, for himself, you know, that he enjoyed, you know, be it sports or, you know, be it a glass of wine, be it music. I mean, so I would, I just remember watching him, you know, as a model before me and that model, even it stays with me today. Because even though he isn't here in the earth realm, I'm still, sometimes I still sit down and think, is my behavior or my actions, would they make him proud? You know what I'm saying? Because again, you know, he, he was, that's one thing when he was here, he, he wasn't shy <laughs> about communicating the standard. You know what I mean? Uh, to me, you know, as a, as a boy, it's like, hey, this is what you need to do. This is what your grades need to be. These are the chores you need to do, you know. And and so so again, you know, I grew up as, as you did, Stuart, where, you know, fathers and men, they were not as concerned about our feelings. They were more mm. concerned about who we were becoming. Mm. And, and my father's hand was upon me. You know, literally. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it was literally upon me. You know, with belts and hands and all kind of other stuff. You know, but but again, with that, again, those images, you know, they're they're still in my psyche. They're still in my subconscious. And even as I wrote the book, it reinforced how lasting our childhoods are. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Where 
you can fast forward 20 to 30 years, but you can still talk to people about their childhoods. And this is, and it, it is if they're still living through mm. the good or the bad, mm-hmm. you know, of, mm-hmm. of their childhood. So yeah, that, that's what that, that lasting impression, you know, was about. And sometimes I talk to some of my friends about it and, you know, we, we talk about, well, if he hadn't have passed away, would I have, you know, cleaved to those 17 and a half years as tightly as I did, you know, if, mm. if, if we would have had, again, now, you know, I'm about to be 45 years old, but, you know, just the timing of it, you know what mm. I mean? So, mm-hmm. but I mean, that's, that's neither here nor there, but, you know, that, that's just a little bit, man, uh, uh, about that lasting impression. You know, you, you talked about sacrifices. I remember reading in the book, you talked about uh, that your dad uh, was like over a chain of grocery stores and that uh, he made sure that uh, your sister had a car to go to school and, and your mom had a car to go to work, but he rode his bicycle uh, to work. So, that, I mean, he made a sacrifice to make sure uh, that, you know, that everybody was taken care of and he didn't mind riding. And you saying he came, he went to work every day in a suit. So I take it he was wearing a suit on the bike or <laughs> yeah hey, man and, and that's the thing i don't know if my sister will remember the story the same way but i specifically remember you know watching him be on a bike you know in a three-piece tweed suit and at the time i think my sister was getting her license and my father had bought his company car from the company, you know, how, when, a, when, a, when a company car would kind of reach the end of his usefulness, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he bought it, you know, for my right. sister, because at the time my sister was at home going, we were living in Richmond. My sister was going to school at Holy names, as you know, up in Oakland. Mm-hmm. And then my father at the time he was working at the co-op headquarters which was like an El Cerrito, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Off, mm-hmm. off the 80. So, mm-hmm. you know, at the time, you know, that was kind of the decision that was made so that my sister could drive to school, he can get to work. And then my mom at the time was commuting to Vallejo. And, um, but it, but, you know, regardless of the details, if he had a tweed suit on, if he had a wool suit, whatever. Right. But the, the, <laughs> the, 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 the bigger point was, that the sacrifice was made. That's right. And and the sacrifice was made as as at the t- at the time we would talk about the breadwinner. Mm-hmm. You know where mm-hmm. you know my father he was doing very well in his corporate career, and to see him make that sacrifice for his family, it created a lasting impression. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Right. Um, I even remember you know at times when there was, you know, certain vacations. I remember, you know, we, uh, my uncle at the time, he was stationed in Hawaii and um, that was 1986. My mom, my sister and me went to Hawaii. My dad fell back, you know, he, he didn't go on the trip for whatever reason, but as a child, and especially after he lost, I attributed that to him embracing fatherhood 
and being a husband as a, as a job of sacrifice, mm. you know, regardless mm. of, you know, however you want to say it, you know, or mm. whatever you want to call it, but that's how I remember it. Mm. And as I'm being a father and a husband today, I associate my job and role as being a husband and father with one of sacrifice. It's something that I believe, you know, and again, this is something I saw my father do. I, I need to willingly, you know, do it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It, it, it's just, you know, it, it, it's part of the job, you know, part of the job description. And it's something that I embrace, um, mm. you know, but, you know, at the same time, I mean, you know, I do like to do things for myself. So I'm not, you know, walking around, you know, carrying a little a literal cross every day. And, and that's the other thing is like, you know, as 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 I've matured in, in the Lord, I begin to see some of these biblical patterns line mm-hmm. up with some of what I saw as a child. So mm-hmm. then that even reinforced it more, you know, for me, you know, when the Bible talks about that a husband is to love his wife, you know, just like Christ loved the church. And we obviously mm-hmm. know that Christ died literally for his bride, the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and at times, you know, being a husband, and being a father, you, you have to take the L for your family. Mm. You know, um, for those that's just joining us, we're talking to Rufus Chamber about his book, I Stand, uh, The Road to Manhood. You're listening to it on Info, on uh, Love Bay Radio in Canada, and there's other places all across the country. I know there's Australia and and the Caribbean islands and, and Africa. So I just want to welcome you all to this conversation. Can we have a conversation? And we're talking about manhood, which also leads to fatherhood. And, and we're talking about Rufus Chamberlain and his father and how he had an uh, input, uh, implant in his life in a way that caused him uh, to be the man that he is today. Not only the man that he is today, but also the father he is. A lot of times it's easier uh to have that father figure in your life uh when it comes to parenting because at least you have a model you have something to to go by and you know i went into san quentin and met toward a lot of men and also had interviews with a lot of men and one of the things that was alarming for me rufus was the fact that when i asked these guys uh tell me something positive that your father told you and not one of them could tell me or t- tell me something positive that your father did for you. They couldn't really tell me anything positive, which, you know, other than the fact that, you know, my father gave me a gun or my father taught me how mm-hmm. to sell drugs. And and I mean, we think that that's not what really happens, but unfortunately it does. And, you know, that might be their way of saying, hey, I'm going to teach you how to you know, survive. I'm going to teach you how to hustle. I'm going to show you how but really didn't give you those fundamentals to manhood. It didn't give you those fundamentals to being a good father. Now, what I really enjoyed about your book was how you uh, added the scriptures and you talked about the biblical aspects. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. In your book, you talk about like a father, like a son. Mm -hmm. And then you go on to talk about David and you talk about Solomon and how David was a great man after God's heart. And, uh, you know, then Solomon ended up following his steps. Want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, as I was, you know, putting the book together, you know, I was trying to interweave biblical stories and biblical precepts within the story of my life 
but do it in a way where it didn't become too cumbersome or laborious. Mm. And, you know, when I was at the time, I mean, again, this is, man, I mean, this is eight, nine years ago, but at the time in my revelation, (laughs) you know, I was thinking (laughs) about, you know, David and Solomon, you know what I mean? Where, you know, obviously David's life influenced Solomon's life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was some good and bad with that. You know, we know that David, you know, had natural desires like all of us men do, mm-hmm. you know, and David was an inf- he was in an influential place where he could act out and 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 get what he wanted. And, and we're obviously talking about uh, Bathsheba. And when we begin to trace Solomon's relationship with women, we see it it went to another level, you know, where he was the lover of strange women and those strange women convinced him to worship their gods. Mm. And, you know, it, it's a trip because recently I was doing some research for another class and, you know, I was I was right there with with David and Solomon and it was interesting before David, as David was commissioning Solomon to build the temple Mm -hmm. in that same conversation, he was, he was imploring Solomon to know God for himself. Mm -hmm. It it was as if, you know, because we knew David was a worshiper, Mm -hmm. you know, right, wrong, or indifferent. He was a worshiper. The Bible says that David, you know, was a man after God's own heart. And, and it was as if, David knew, and again, I'm just going to use my spiritual imagination, but it, it's mm-hmm. as if David knew that Solomon was about to be promoted. Mm-hmm. And for his future success, Solomon had to have a bona fide relationship with God for himself mm-hmm. to lead God's people and to protect him from himself. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and and when you look at David's life, you know, when you think about, you know, the Bathsheba conversation and, you know, the baby that was born and lost out of that. I mean, Mm -hmm. again, David had some wisdom Mm -hmm. that he was imparting into his son at that moment. And, you know, let's fast forward, you know, into our trajectory. There there's wisdom that's needed for men. And again, you reference the, the, the men that are in San Quentin, And, you know, it's painful to see the black family being uh, deconstructed before our very eyes, Mm -hmm. because the truth of the matter is, and again, I live in South LA, right? You know, I'm Mm -hmm. over here literally in South Los Angeles, and a lot of our communities are living in the post-crack epidemic era. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and our communities have been pillaged, and a lot of our families have been pillaged. Okay, mm-hmm. so 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 we have that truth as, as as something we have to deal with. But then we also have the truth that there are resources that are available to every man, to every boy, regardless of the presence or lack of presence of a father. You know what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. and in the book, I talk about, you know, that chapter, No More Excuses. And, you know, that was part of 
part of the reasoning why I wrote that chapter on No More Excuses is I really wanted to force the hand of men to, to reconcile their past once and for all and embrace their future. And mm. to do so, we, we, have to, we have to come out of the excuses. We can always acknowledge our past, acknowledge what happened. But now in 2000, and at that time it was 2013, now in 2021, guess what? We have to advance the ball. We, 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 we don't have an option in the matter anymore. You know, our communities, our families are in need of us right now. Straight up, man. You know, you know, you said something um, in the book. You said there are countless mothers, sisters, daughters, and even wives on desperate pursuit of a concrete understanding of the men they love. Yet many have come up empty handed. Uh, and, 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 you know, this is really good for the women as well. And, mm -hmm. and I'll say this because you might be a woman trying to understand your spouse or you might be a woman is trying to understand your father you may be a, a woman trying to understand, understand your boyfriend. Uh, but, but you, you're, you're having challenges because you don't understand him or you don't understand where he is. And and but you don't know the past and you don't know the history and you don't know the foundation which was laid for this young man and all the trauma that he has to experience just because of he being black, you know. And so kind of talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think, you know, Stuart, both of both of us through our own personal journeys as men and through our own personal journeys in, in being with men, you know, articulating our feelings, our emotions, our thoughts, that is not, it's not intuitive. You know, um, sometimes, and it was a trip, I was interviewing a close friend of mine and he said something that really grabbed me. You know, he, he said, even when we shut down as men, mm -hmm. that is an, an expression of emotion. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So we're in a heated conversation with our wives, our, our, our family, whoever, and we shut down and our wife is sitting there like, dude, you don't want to talk anymore. Right. And, and, and when my buddy said that is like, that is actually an emotional response is shutting down. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I feel like a lot of our mothers and a lot of our wives and even some of our daughters you know, when we when we are unable to let them inside the recesses of our hearts, they're left with a lack of understanding. Mm. And, you know, the Bible says, uh, unless two agree, how can they walk together? Mm -hmm. So, again, it's part of that walking together is in a relationship that there is an exchange of meaningful dialogue and discourse so that each party understands, you know, the perspective of, of, of the other person, you know what I mean? And, you know, part of, and so, so again, part of this book is helping men reconcile their past, you know, and at the time, you know, I was heavily involved in, you know, deliverance ministry. So mm -hmm. there was definitely a spin on that in there. But 
as we can reconcile our past, we can embrace our today and reach after our future. You know what I mean? So, you know, when you talk about trying to have a productive, healthy, meaningful conversation with the women we love, we are better able to do so when we have reconciled our past, Mm. you know, where Mm. we have forgiven those who have wronged us, where we have released trauma, you know, that we have lived through, you know, and some of that trauma we keep locked up so tightly that we don't want to access it ourselves. And we don't know, but want nobody else to access. Mm-hmm. There's some things that some of us men have went through that we are resolved to take to our grave. Mm-hmm. But the unfortunate part about that is us taking that to our grave means that somewhere in our psyche and subconscious, we're going to have it protected. Mm-hmm. You got it? And that's going to what I believe and see some of this was my, my thesis in the book is going to hinder our ability to love. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to hinder our ability to watch this receive and give love. Mm-hmm. So now we're fathering from a place of 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 of, of pain. You know, now Broken. we're husbanding from, from a place of pain, man. Mm-hmm. And then our wives and our children will never get the very best of us. They'll get and and sometimes they won't even know it. Mm-hmm. They can get a functioning father and a functioning husband. But the dude could be hemorrhaging on the mm-hmm. inside because mm-hmm. of the past. So, you know, it, it, it it's it's a very deep conversation. And but it's but it's needed, man. You know, um. Man, there's so much to talk about here, and especially yeah, in your brother. book. And I'm yeah, trying to figure brother. out how to navigate because yeah, yeah, I know we only got an hour to do this. But but you know, you hey, you hit on so many things, and and yeah, one of brother. the things that I really want to talk about is because in your book you talk about all these positive things about your dad, and then you said, but then you know, you call them cycles. You said, but they're cycles of good and bad, and and so you said one of the bad cycles was was the fact of him communicating emotionally. And you say, and something that you struggle with yourself, which I love because you were very transparent in the book about yourself and your dad. It's like, he, he's not all perfect. You know, he had some really great qualities, but this was an area that he lacked in. And not only he lacks in it, most men lack in yeah, it because yeah. they have not been taught how to handle and communicate and express their emotions. Talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, and, and for, for the, for the audience, um, if you have not watched the movie Fences with Denzel Washington, I encourage you to do so because that movie gave you an excellent view of fatherhood and sonhood from two different generations. And so I just want to plug that because it, 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 when I watch that movie, I think of my father. I think of mm-hmm. my grandfather's where emotionalism was not in the job description. You know what I mean? Where, again, Stuart, we were told, don't cry, suck it up. Mm-hmm. Straight. I mean, that was literally guidance, you know, mm-hmm. that that we were given. You know, we were we were raised to be strong and tough. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I remember the dudes in my neighborhood, man. 
you know, they would just fire on our shoulders as mm -hmm. little boys so we could be tough, man. No, nah, mm -hmm. no, nah, we're going to light you up and you're mm -hmm. going to suck it up. Or sometimes it's in the chest, man. Let me just, mm -hmm. you know, we're going to just, we want you to be tough. So that was the narrative. That was the narrative. So again, when my father, he was not at the house talking about his feelings other than mm -hmm. I need you to do this. It mm -hmm. was performance. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, no, you got to do this. No, you're being lazy. You got to do this, you know. So, but I never had a conversation about, you know, how my father felt about his father or, mm -hmm. you know, or how he felt when his mother passed away when he was a little boy and how he felt when his sister got married. We never talked about any of that. Mm. You know what I mean? So, fast forward to me, I feel like then I, here I come being a father, being a husband is I knew that, you know, I, I, I know that I have to be able to talk to my daughters about their feelings because mm -hmm. that because their well-being is very important to me, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I So over time, I know how to ask questions. I know how to try and understand mm -hmm. how they're feeling. And blah, 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 blah. But a lot of times I'm peppering them with questions, but I'm not sitting there saying, well, this is how I feel about it, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, because, again, that's not my priority, mm -hmm. you know, so I'm not at home trying to promote, you know, my feelings, you know, again, mm -hmm. it's just not set up like that, you know, so so I guess the most important thing about that and I go back to fences is with each generation, the challenge of men and fathering is changing right before our very eyes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, so when we grew up, it was about at some level, most of us wanted to make our parents somewhat happy, right? Mm -hmm. There was some level of, and 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 this is some of the other research I did, man. You're gonna trip it, trip out. When we were kids, right? Do you remember how many times we were told to respect your elders? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Respecting others was more important than how we even respected ourselves. That's right. That's true. Like we were sent out the door saying, you're going to go and respect that teacher. You're going to respect your elders. You're going to respect Mr. Mr. Johnson on the corner. Mm -hmm. You're going to look him in the eyeball and say, yes, sir. No, ma'am. But now in this era, mm -hmm. it's all about the individual, the child, the individual. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. we got kids running around trying to, uh, you know, well, I don't want to get into that. But we have children now dictating who they are mm -hmm. more than parents dictating their behavior, mm -hmm. you know, of mm -hmm. what's acceptable. So it's changed. So that means that the father is now being challenged with moving differently. So that's why it's like, uh, so if my dad was right here, I'll say, dad, I right. praise God for how you fathered me. But now in this day, it's different. I, mm -hmm. I mean, I could do some of what you did, but I can't do all of what you did because mm -hmm. again, the game has changed. And the same thing with, with being a husband, mm -hmm. you know, a, a, again, I, I felt like you know, and, and and I remember, you know, watching my father, even my godfather and and even some of my uncles, I mean, you know, and back to fences, 
when Denzel Washington, I, and and I'm so happy they put that scene in the book, and I'm I mean in in the in the movie, and I'm assuming it's in the play as well, the August Wilson play, playwright. When he gave his wife his check, that was so it was so pivotal in the household mm -hmm. because really when he did that, there was a sigh of relief. You know what I'm saying? We're like, mm -hmm. I did my job. I went mm -hmm. to work. Mm -hmm. I brought my check home and, and, and my wife can now manage the house. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. For us in 2021, it's a box <laughs> that needs to be checked, but it's not like, oh, this sense of relief. Hey, I'm the greatest father husband in the world. <laughs> no, brother, that's the beginning of, of what's going on up in here. You get right, it? Right, right. So, so, so again, it, it's uh, <clears throat> it, it, it's each generation is is presenting a change. I mean, you, I mean, you know, we had time. We could talk about Dwayne Wade and mm -hmm. and how he is fathering mm -hmm. his child, who is having this revelation about. Uh, you know, their sexual identity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So again, in our day, man, come on, that wasn't, that wasn't, that wasn't commonplace, but now mm -hmm. this is like, so now we see Dwayne Wade trying to figure it out mm -hmm, on mm -hmm. the, and not only figure it out, but figure it out on a global platform. Mm -hmm, you talk mm -hmm. about fathering. That's, that's hard work. That yeah. is hard. Magic Johnson too. That's yeah. hard work. Yeah. You're trying TDJ to reconcile. Too. Yeah, come on. You're trying to reconcile your fathering in front of a global stage, man. That that's that's scary. That's hard. You know, hard. one of the things, and, and you're you you're hitting some really good points because, as you know, uh, I have a 33 year old daughter, Jessica, mm -hmm. and then I came with Stu and Destiny several years later. So you know, the Jessica is 16 year older than Stu. You know, mm -hmm. man, parenting Jessica is completely different than parenting Stuart and Destiny, you know, and uh, they're, they're all my kids, you know, I'm their father, but society has set up a different way of how you parent your children. They tell them what you can and cannot do. So you can't even really discipline your children the way you really want to. Uh, you know, even when it comes to uh, you talk about that crack academic, epidemic, uh, how that has impacted our nation, how it impacted our communities, uh, mostly our urban communities, because not only now was the father missing, but the mother was missing, too. And the grandparents was raising the children. And, yeah. and, and one of the things that happens here is that's when that identity piece comes. And because now you're trying to figure it out, you know, mm. you know, George over there got a mother and a father, or at least yeah. got a mother, you know, mm -hmm. my mother's on drugs, you know, my father's in jail, you know, and then you start seeing, and, and, and I'm, I want to touch on this as well, how uh, society is, is changing when it comes to women in corporate America. And and mm -hmm. now there's women making more money than men. So so like you said, you know, they, they could be at one time the woman would be the one who controlled the home and make sure the home well 
went well. But then the father was the one who was out there was the breadwinner and he was making the money. But now the roles are changing and we haven't been able to adjust to the change. Well, let me let me tell you what I mean when I said adjust to the change. The man is used to his father working and making the money. And he's used to seeing his father do whatever he does, whether, like you say, that it's positive or negative, but that's the model that he sees and that's the model that he takes on. And so he begins to say, you know, well, I'm going to pay the bills, but you're not making as much money as her, but you guys are our team. So, you know, there's now men staying home with the with the children yeah. and the wife yeah. going to make the money, you know, and yeah. it is cool like that if you're a team and you know who you are. You know, but the problem is a lot of times we don't know who we are or we feel like our masculinity is questioned because, mm -hmm. you know, she's making this money and I'm, I'm you know, staying home with the kids and, and what your friends and your partners is telling you about who you are. Or, man, how you staying home, man? You're not a man, blah, blah. You know, society will, will shape and make these and um, put these uh, places, demands on us that, you know, we still have to be able to express how we feel, be able to adjust yeah. to, like you say, even this, this change in fathering. But, yeah. but all that begins with the foundation of somebody telling you who you are and that you uh, are pleased or you're comfortable with who you are. And then mm -hmm. you are comfortable with making those adjustments. You know, you said something earlier and it, and it, and it, it talked about you know, even with your, your kids and how you, you know, parent your children and then how your dad parents, you know, even when I talk to my kids or, you know, I was talking to a guy and, and we were talking about fathering and the brother was out in the street and he was, you know, in the life and then he went to prison, man. And so a lot of his time that he was supposed to be parenting his children, you know, he was in prison, but then he had got mm -hmm. out when they were like teenagers and then he began to try to turn it around. But he was saying that one time his daughter had fell down and she was crying hysterically, Rufus. And 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 he just, you know, he paralyzed, man. He just watching her and he didn't know what to do. Mm. <laughs> and, and his mom told him something just as simple, like, boy, just hold her, just hug her, yeah, you know. Yeah, and he was like, yeah. oh, okay. You know, because he didn't know, he missed that mm. class. You know, his, his dad wasn't there, you know, when he fell, he had to get up, brush off and, and keep it pushing, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it could be kind of awkward for a man to do these things when he's not used to having those things. But then even though he knows it's important for his children are even important, you know, as far as the communication is concerned. You talked about some really good things about communication. I, I don't want to miss these things because, as you know, this is what kind of helped us implement the communication uh, curriculum into our man to man program is because we understood that there were a lot of men and women that did not know how to communicate. And because they didn't know how to communicate, they had a lot of conflict and conflict yeah. led to domestic violence, you know? And so we say, okay, if we can get them to start learning how to communicate, you know, communication one-on-one, active listening, listen to what yeah. a person is saying, yeah. but then being able to repeat what you heard, you know, because yeah. if you, misinformation will lead to miscommunication which will lead to conflict which leads to death that can cause somebody to die that can cause mm -hmm. somebody to get injured you know you can have health issues because of this all these things because of a lack of communication 
which should come from that fatherhood piece. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, us being effective communicators. And, and the other thing is, you know, when we talk about being effective communicators, let's just go back to leadership. You know, let's go back to teaching our men that they need to be leaders. Number one, they need to be leaders of themselves. And as they show themselves as being good self leaders, then God can entrust them with the lives of somebody else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And part of that entrusting is that our men, part of our leading is knowing how to communicate. You know what I mean? It it, mm -hmm. it 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 see when you start and back to the road to manhood, when you start stringing these things together, then we could see what we're being called to be. But mm -hmm. if we can't lead ourselves effectively, how are we going to be good stewards over a woman and some children? How is mm -hmm. that going to happen or a job or a career or some money? Like how how, how is that really going to happen? You know what I mean? So when we talk about communication and part of leading and Stuart, you know this. I mean, you lead a family, you lead teams, you lead ministry. Part of the communication is you have to be able to communicate in a manner mm -hmm. in which the, the person on your team can make their best contribution. Mm -hmm. That's leadership. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But mm -hmm. if we're not teaching our boys how to be leaders, how are they going to be entrusted with the lives of other folks in the future? It's, it's just not going to work. You know what I mean? So that's mm -hmm. the other thing is that, and I understand that as, as citizens of the kingdom, we are uh, in the world, but we're not of the world, right? Mm -hmm. Because some people try and push back and say, you know, well, you know, guess what? The world shouldn't be telling us how to be men, how to be fathers and all of that's fine. You know what I mean? Because, you know, yeah, if if we find our true identity within the scripture and we're doing our job per the scripture, then, yeah, I guess the world wouldn't have to, you know, tell us, tell us and show us. But unfortunately, we're, you know, when we fail to do that, then, yeah, culture is going to have something to say. You know, no, it's, no, no, keep going. Keep going. Yeah. So 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 again, I feel like, you know, through ministries like man to man and countless other resources, there's such a rich opportunity for our men, our husbands and our fathers and our boys to really, you know, uh, get on the right road, you know, because, again, our communities and our families, man, that they're. they're it, it, they're depending on it. No, you know, um, whoo, boy, I tell you, brother, we <laughs> we talked about this conversation forever, yeah. man. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I know this is your stuff. This is your stuff, brother. You, you, yeah, this is your stuff. But uh, hey, we, we just give it a little appetizer. Yes, sir. Appetizer, you know. You talked about it in your book, and, and this was good. You said, uh, in your book, you said a man's emotions can be deep, strong, and passionate without anyone necessarily seeing or hearing them. And then you said, uh, this was something that your father struggled with, what we talked about earlier. But then you said, 
Uh, another cycle I contend with is being emotionally sterile is what you call. You were speaking about becoming emotionally detached, present physically, but not present emotionally. That happens every day. You know, even, even with, and, you know, I'm a military guy, I'm a Marine, so I, I, I can use an analogy of a person who goes to war and he fights in the war and he comes back home, he's present, but emotionally he's somewhere else. You know, uh, he could hear uh, a backfire in, in a car and hit the deck, you know, hit the ground thinking it's a, it's a, you know, a bullet, you know, flying, you know, and there are so many men that are present, but not physically there for whatever reason. You know, uh, I was reading uh, something and was talking about fathers being um, present sometimes uh, and not physically there would be almost as good if they weren't there at all. And I was like, wow. well, how's that? You know, but, wow. but they're saying because he's not bringing anything wow. to the table and it would be better for him not to be there rather than him being there. I was like, wow. Wow. You know, um, you talk about leadership and you talk about these guys, um, you know, being able to uh, be involved and engaged in their children's lives. But then also there, there's a part when you talk about leadership, you know, <laughs> we don't just inherit that, you know, we have to be taught that. And, and, and if we're not taught that, it's going to be really difficult to, to teach your children something that you don't have. You know, I, I always say it's kind of hard to, you know, to give a $5 bill if you never had one or tell somebody what a milkshake tastes like if you never yeah. had one for yourself. So, it's you know, I'm not saying it's completely impossible because, you know, some fathers have learned uh, that, you know, well, I'm going to be a really good dad. I'm going to be a really good man. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to do opposite of everything my father yeah. did. Yeah, I have some friends. That's, that's, that's exactly what they and did. And they end up being some really great fathers, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, I wanted to touch base on one more thing. Hold on. We get 450. I'm going to see if we got a little more time that we can keep going. Because... Uh, if not, we're gonna have to re redo this conversation. Yeah, not yeah, redo yeah. it, but we, we just add on to it. Yeah. Um, another thing you talked about was another bad cycle. Men tend to contend with a relational blockage with his wife, and you talked about that. There is a blockage in the knowledge or passion to uh, personi personify the husband. Uh, you said men know how to play games. You say they know how to keep score. Uh, you know, they even know how to win the game, you know. But a lot of times what happens is they don't know how to play the game when the rules change. You understand what I'm saying? Because yeah. by by nature, we're, we're, we're hunters. You know, by nature, we, we, we are survivors. But sometimes we don't know how to improvise when things change, you know, for instance, like you just talked about the brother and his his child. Now that has to be something that caught him off guard. Dwayne Wade, when he had to parent his child on, mm -hmm. you know, this 
sexuality, you know, that, you know, yeah. you never expected that this would ever go down like this. And, yeah. but you still have to love this child unconditional and you still mm -hmm. have to understand and support this child, even though it may go against the things in what you believe. You know what I'm saying? That's challenging. And uh, it's challenging. It is challenging, and 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 it, that's when you know communication becomes really um, valuable, and 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 being able to be transparent and open uh, to be able to hear what your child is saying without any judgment, you know, without being judgmental, without being, um, you know, all oh, you are, you know. X, Y, and Z, because you know mm -hmm. <laughs> the brother grew up in the hood, and 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 this is you know happening to your son. Then you used to saying you yeah. know you, you already know fill in the blank. I don't need to tell you, you know. And yeah. so you have to take that part of what you know or what you've been raised. We gotta in. learn. Yeah, we gotta learn. Yeah, and that's learn. hard. It's hard. Mm -hmm. It's really, you know, uh, if you're just tuning in, I just want to say. Uh, that we're talking to Rufus Chambers about his book, I Stand, uh, The Road to Manhood. And a lot of you all are listening to this conversation. You may be a man and, you know, a lot of times uh, the truth hurts. And so you may hear this conversation and you know that you're right where we're talking, and but you don't want to face that reality. Um, there's there's times, um, Rufus, that, that I have had conversations uh, with people about what we're talking about. For instance, uh, there's been people uh, that know man to man exists and they know the work that we're doing. And these guys have millions of dollars to give to man to man, but they don't even want to have a conversation about this topic. And I'll tell you yeah. why, because it's going to bring up some memories and it's mm -hmm. going to make them be transparent because it's going it's a lot of hurt it's a lot of pain it's a lot of rejection uh it's a lot of things that they don't want to remember but the the thing that they want to remember is i made it you know because they they yeah. feel like they arrived you know yeah, I, yeah, I got a hundred million dollars you know yeah. I, and yeah. i ain't have no father you know i didn't have yeah. no father and yeah. so but but when you close the door rufus and when they're alone that void is still there. That's right. That's right. The rejection of a father. I mm -hmm. wish that he told me he loved me. I yeah. wish he taught me what it really meant to be a man. I got yeah. this money. I got these women. I got this material things. I got a house and all these cars. But you know what? I don't even know who I am. Mm -hmm. And they don't want to have those kind of conversations. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're run from those conversations. So then when you say, well, man, I'm trying to help men become better men. And man, you got, you know, you got the resource to help me. They don't even want to entertain that conversation. Cause mm -hmm. that's a that's a door they don't want to open up, if you understand what I'm saying. Because again, when you talk about this emotional piece that you're talking about in your book, Rufus, and you're talking about being able uh, to express how you feel, it mm -hmm. goes back to that. Now you're being transparent, and that's a sign yeah. of weakness. Now you're expressing how you feel, and if you express how you feel, you're going to get emotional, and somebody may see you cry, or you might be soft, or you might be considered a punk, or whatever the situation yeah. is, because 
you have opened up and expressed how you feel. And that yeah. part of your emotions has been shut down the majority of your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the sad part is, you know, a lot of our brothers inside incarcerated decisions were made because of a failure to manage emotions at one at, at one encounter mm -hmm. you know some brothers is doing bids because of that inability so that's the thing is like you know there's so many reasons why we need to help our men manage their emotions and raise their sons in a manner where this is normalized you know what I mean? Where where emotional and mental health is normalized in the house. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where, yeah. So 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 that's the thing because yeah, we can go back to you know 1982, you know, on the block and what we was told. But again, a, some of that is not currency with our children today. You know what I mean? So so we we have to figure out a way you know, to reach. I mean, that's the other thing. Uh, let's put ego aside. We want to reach our kids. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We want to give them what they need to be successful, period. Mm -hmm. Or we should. Mm -hmm. That should be our desire. So some of it means we got to unlearn. And some of it means we got to learn some stuff. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, and you know, in, in a book, you know, once I kind of got past the part of talking about how to reconcile your past, I was trying to get some practical tips moving forward that can help us get on the right road. You know, and again, hey, I'm not a subject matter expert. I'm just, I just shared what <laughs> I had to share. You know what right. I mean? And and you and I know when we're in ministry, we're surrounded by a d diversity of men. Mm -hmm. Some are successful. Some have been unsuccessful. Some had a father, some had the wrong father, some had a good father. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And here we are trying to preach the gospel and expand the kingdom of God through the service of these men. Mm -hmm. And 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 again, we're seeing the issues they deal with. Mm. You know what I mean? So that was mm. part of the heart of writing the book is like, wow, mm. you know, this is really needed. You know, because mm. of where some men are at, you know, they, they, they need somebody to call a timeout and and come see about them. No, this is good. You you also talked about you said men being displaced from the seat of authority. Mm -hmm. And and this is 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 a major reason why we have what we have, too, because uh, and I talk about this a lot is, you know, uh, women can have as many babies as they want. And they can get as much money from uh, public assistance as long as they have, you know, these kids. But you, you, you can't have that man in that house, yeah. you know, because if that yeah. man is in that house, then we're gonna remove this public assistance. Yeah. Now we can give you Section Eight too, and you only have to pay fifty dollars a month, mm -hmm. you know, and still pay you for each and every one of those children. But we're displacing yeah. this authority of this father, this man figure. And we're sacrificing this little money that is temporal for something that we have that's eternal 
because these mm -hmm. kids are growing up without a father, so they have a lack of identity. They have a lack of of of, of emotions, men and yeah. women, and they're growing mm -hmm. up. One of the things you said in this book, I just thought about it that I want to talk about because I, I I know this for myself. You said when you started dating as a teen, then you started figuring out these young women that didn't have fathers just by dating them. Talk about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was interesting, you know, when you start. Well, when I started dating, I mean, you know, starting to develop relationships, you know, with 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 young women. And, and at the time in that day, meeting a father was very important. And we saw that that imagery in Bad Boys, too, you know, mm -hmm. when Martin Lawrence's daughter boyfriend Reggie came to the door I mean in my day that was very important mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I wanted to represent well when I met the father you know because for the women for the girls that had fathers in the home their father's approval went a long way mm -hmm. the flip side is you know dating women and, 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 you know, having girlfriends when there wasn't a father in the house, that was different. You know, that, that was different. And, and again, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to generalize and, you know, you know, everybody's not the same, but sometimes, you know, I saw other men capitalize on that void because if a young lady did not have a father, she may have been looking for love and some of these little dudes would come in and run game and start manipulating them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, 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 you know, the sad part, bro, let, let me just, let me just keep it a hundred up in here. Right. Let's turn mm -hmm. the clergy collars off mm -hmm. in the black community. The profession of a pimp was glorified. Let's just mm -hmm. say it. Mm -hmm. Iceberg slim, the Mac, Goldie, mm -hmm. all of these characters were glorified. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So some some of our men found their identity in black exploitation movies that glorified pimping, mm -hmm. reading Iceberg Slim novels, and mm -hmm. listening to our favorite rappers back in the day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you load a young man up with that in with that information. And 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 you and you waltz a young woman in front of him who's innocent, who who who's never been loved by a man, mm -hmm. brother. That's a dangerous experiment, brother. You are. That's you a right very on point. dangerous experience. So, so again, part of my job in 2021 over here off 78th Place in Los Angeles, <laughs> I want my girls, my daughters, to know what a man looks like. Mm -hmm. And to know what love looks like, mm -hmm. and they're and they're watching how. And again, I'm not perfect, man. I make mistakes every day, Monday through Sunday. I make mistakes. That's called so parenting. Me, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so, called so, parenting. So, so, so don't 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 let me, you know. But but <laughs> they're seeing me give it my best shot, and how I love their mother, my wife Jamila. How they how how they see me love her and and how and how I how I give them myself at the end of the day I'm just trying to give them myself so that when they are dating and and my oldest has already started dating that she's dating 
from a place of not a deficiency because I'm not around. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Be- mm-hmm. So, so, but, but yeah, man, that, that whole, again, if we had time, mm. now that'll be a fun conversation, deconstructing the influence mm-hmm. of, 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 again, the glorification of pimping and, and, and again, and, and I love, you know, classic hip hop, but again, when you begin to trace the lineage, some of those images from the 70s, it, it, it just found itself in the DNA of the culture of hip hop. And now, Stuart, the truth of the matter is you may have a grandfather, a father and a son reciting the same lyrics. Brother. <laughs> and the question is, do they know that it's just lyrics, that it's just music? Or right. do they think it's real life? Right. That's the that's the question. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, <laughs> you know, uh <laughs> I'm being messy now, but brother, no, I'm just, that's just trying real. to promote that's some real. thought up in here, brother. Are we trying to the promote thing some is, thought up in here, man? You know, now people are listening to this conversation all yeah. over the world, and they may not experience that level of what yeah. you just said, but where we yeah. come from, I mean, there's a pimping spirit still in Oakland. I mean, Man, all you got to do is on, go bro. on International Boulevard and yeah, you'll see 13, yeah. 14 years, 13, 14. Yeah. Now, when I was growing up, they were adults, not yeah, kids, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, these are yeah. kids now. These are yeah. somebody's kids walking the streets for somebody thinking yeah. that this person loves you. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, they equate yeah, yeah. that to love, and so so uh, we're having. A, can we have a conversation today? Uh, I got my my uh, guest here, Rufus Chambers. We're talking about stand uh, the road to manhood, and we're talking about all of these things of what is important as far as uh, a father. How uh, you? I mean, before we can even get to the father part, we're discussing this manhood part because this is where it all starts. And if we're missing that part, it's not that a man cannot become a man. He, it's not just because he has some bad traits of some bad learnings that he can't correct those things. It may be a little bit more harder or difficult, but these are some things that we're having the conversation to say, look, you know, you need to check yourself, re-examine yourself, re-examine what you did not like about your father, what you don't like about yourself, If you have some children, then make them a priority and start changing your life for the sake of that child. Because if you don't, they will grow up just like you. I guarantee you. And so we we know where when we talk about, you know, having these conversations with these guys in San Quentin, I mean, these are rich conversations. And one of the things that you said earlier that I just want to address is even when it talks about this emotional piece that you're talking about in your book. Believe it or not, the ones in prison are more transparent than the folks that are not. And I tell them all the time when I go in there, I say, man, I have to commend you all because I go there to preach. And these guys are locked up or more free than the people that are free. Come on. Because they realize they messed up. They realize that, you know what, they can't fix it right now. But they're working on trying to fix it because they got time to fix it. You know, they're not going yeah, anywhere, yeah, you know. Yeah. And so now it's time that, that we start trying to address these men all over the world and just That's start right. saying, look, pay attention 
to what you're doing. Make sure, right. make uh, make sure that you're doing the right thing because every action that you make, there's a reaction, whether it's negative or positive. And so you might think, because this is the thing, Rufus, and you'll know this. Uh, and I don't, I'm not telling you something you don't know. Growing up, when you was growing up in Richmond. There was a lot of guys you knew that didn't have fathers that made some bad decisions. Yeah. But this is the this is the this is the part that's gonna get you. The decisions that they made, they waited them out, and their calculations wasn't accurate. Mm, Let me good. tell you what I that's mean. Good. Their calculations wasn't accurate. That's good. A brother go and, and rob a 7-Eleven thinking he only gonna do one year, two years. And then mm -hmm. two years, but then when he goes to court and the cases start stacking up against him, he's doing 12 or 13 or 14 years for robbing a 7-Eleven. He calculated his time wrong. But yeah, see, if he yeah, had a father yeah. like you that, that would have been like Rufus, I mean, because you wouldn't even thought about doing nothing like that. Because no. that wasn't, you know, you knew that... One, yeah. I don't want to displease my mom. I don't want yeah. to disappoint my dad. You know, I have, I'm not raised that way. I made some bad decisions, but that's not one of those bad decisions. That's right. But that's today right. it's because, as you said in your, in your book, the, the authority is displaced. And because that mm -hmm. authority is displaced, there's no checks. There's no balances. You know, there, mm -hmm. there, you can kind of do what you want. There's no integrity. You know, nobody's watching. So you think you're going to get away with it. And then you miscalculate. And then you find yourself doing something that Miscalculation, you brother. the rest of your That's life. That's a word. That's a word. You said something there. Miscalculating yeah. the risk. Have so uh, now, now they let us go a little longer, man. So we got about twenty more uh, minutes. I actually, I I don't have twenty more minutes. Okay, all right. <laughs> I, I have put in the chat. Yeah, I got. To, okay, I got, I well, got to go. Actually. This is this is. Let me let me do one thing then before you okay, go. Okay. Uh, okay. Love Baby Radio. I want to um, I want you to go on to Amazon and support this brother Rufus Chambers. His book is called. I stand uh, the road to manhood. Uh, you can go on to uh, Amazon, put that up, and you can um, you can contact him there as well as um, make sure I get all your stuff. So you got uh, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, and then his uh, his email is Rufus. Well, his Instagram is at Rufus R U F U S chambers c-h-a-m-b-e-r-s online at rufus chambers online that's his instagram in case you want to hit him there and uh, he's also on youtube uh rufus on youtube rufus chambers online uh rufus man it's been a pleasure brother i'm gonna have you come Absolutely. back man uh, we might have to do two or three of these, man, because <laughs> it's, it's, it's rich, man. But I, yeah, hey, man. You, you, you got stirred up, brother. I like <laughs> Student got turned up. I love it. I hey, love it. Man, that means I well, did my job. You turned up, bro. You did do your job, man. It's a wonderful book. And, and folks, 
I want you to support this brother because this book is not something, I mean, if you're a man and you're trying to navigate through this, this is the book for you. If you're a woman, and you're trying to understand men, this is a book for you. So, and, 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 and it's, it's really an easy book to read. It's not difficult. I know a lot of men don't read, but I think we should read. And so I want to just, you know, promote my brother's book. And I thank you, I thank you I man. Appreciate I appreciate you, man. I love Absolutely. you with all my heart, love man. You too. I, I love you too. Hey, if your mom listening, man, you know, <laughs> you, you're part of the Pirellius, man. I, I'm not going to change your name, but but I love you like I love Michael and Eric, love, man. You, you I love you, you know. too, man. All Keep right. Keep doing brother. the work, brother. Keep doing the yeah, work. Yeah, you too, man. You too, man. All right. Thanks a lot right. for being God here. God bless you. God bless you. Absolutely. All right. All right. Bye bye.